comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. episode 37 37 yes 37 in a row i suppose i mean 38 (laughs) sure and try not to do any more of that on your way through the parking lot if you don't mind but anyway Uh, (laughs) we're back everybody because the shows are back so now we're back uh this week we were uh treated with the season premiere of gotham episode two or uh, episode one from season two uh it's it's got like a subtitle rise of the villains colon damned if you do <laughs> so it's i guess they're taking a page from like anime or video games or something because they do that there all the time oh yeah and uh we also are going to talk about the lucifer pilot which much like the flash and supergirl pilots before it was leaked out to the internet way ahead of, of schedule <laughs> perfect too <laughs> and it really yeah really good quality you know it's not like they did a lot to it so uh and of course we got a lot of dc news to cover since we've been uh on hiatus with the shows being off and everything but of course joining me uh once again the uh the man who is the and team manager of the maniacs mr daryl taylor hello everyone and lucifer's personal boy <laughs> Mr. Richard Schultz. Please, sir, may I have some more? Oh, boy, boy. I just saw uh, History of the World not too long ago, so the joke is still fresh in my mind. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, it, it holds up. It totally Oh, yeah. Up. But uh, we're not here to talk about Mel Brooks movies, although I easily could. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about some DC TV and, uh, and some of our plans going forward in the future. We are going to cover all the shows as much as we can. Um, if it comes to down to the point where... I might have to bring on some other people on the show to, you know, like, you know, round robin or whatever. But uh, we're just going to, uh, you know, try to cover them the shows as we can because, uh, well, let's see, it's going to be um, Gotham, iZombie, The Flash, mm-hmm. uh, Supergirl, Arrow, Lucifer. That's six shows a week. Right. The Legion of Superheroes, whatever it's called. Legends of Tomorrow. That's not Legend- until January. Though. Well, that'll be, yeah, that'll be uh, a fill-in. season. Yeah, it's but, a mid-season but- show. Isn't Lucifer also January? I don't know if they've have they even like come out with the actual street date for Lucifer. I didn't see. I don't that. think so. Oh, last the so, couple of things I saw said coming next year, so right. I assumed January. Well, we'll see. But like I said, we're going to try to cover all the shows uh, on the one podcast. So you have one, you know, central clearinghouse for all these shows, and um, you know, we'll we'll bring to it our our unique panache and style as always. We forgot to mention covering Constantine. Well, he's going to be guesting on Arrow, so. But, oh, oh, I forgot. Damn you, NBC! He is getting all-timers early. He is, man. 
You shouldn't. You shouldn't wear. The, uh, you shouldn't cook things in aluminum. You shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, about, that's supposed to mess with your brain cells. Oh, I'm course. fine. I'm fine. And what about Constantine? Anyway, tonight's <laughs> episode of Gotham is the first episode of the new season. Yes. Uh, it's funny because it uses the same song to open up the episode with as The Walking Dead or Fear of the Walking Dead did this week. It uses that Perfect Day by Lou Reed. Yep. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, so oh, I two, didn't even notice it. Two no. comic book based shows that both use the exact same song to open their episode in one week. Hey, Lou Reed's good music, and uh, unfortunately, he's passed. So. They um, they did kind of the uh, the one month later thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it picks up like uh, where the season finale left, left off, but one month later. And uh, we see in the opening scene a lot of like, uh, little like quick cuts of where everyone is, pretty much. You know, we see Bruce and Alfred. We see, you know, a shot of the penguin kissing someone on the forehead and then shooting them. He evidently is, you know, the king of Gotham now, as he said. Um, we just, uh, we just kind of, the opening scene is just kind of like putting some things in its place. We show Barbara going into Arkham uh, with a giant trunk of stuff, like she was going to a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. And why would they bring a female prisoner down through where the male prisoners are? Exactly. I, I, I mean... I mean, I, I understand what they're trying to do here, setting yeah. her up as, like, Jerome's girl or Jerome's, like, proto-Harley or whatever. Right. And, yeah. And here's the thing about the, her character and that bothered me, and I might as well get to it now. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like they had a character and they didn't know what to do with her, and now they're trying to retrofit her. You know what I mean? They're trying to find something else to do with her. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, if you... I mean. I don't know. Like, remember, remember that. Remember when Montoya and uh, and uh, um, Christmas Allen were on this show? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> and they kind of just like disappeared. Because I guess they had well, nothing for them to do, or they already had too many storylines, or whatever. Yeah. I just feel like they, you know, she's kind of a the writers, you know, trying to shoehorn her in somewhere in the story where she will fit. I had a revelation about this show. Okay. Yesterday. Uh, Late on. Uh, it has become, I've looked at it through eyes where it has become, it reminds me of um, Batman 66 in a way. When the guy it, first jumped up with the whole dragon thing, the guy, the bald guy with the weird hair on the sides, that's that was my first thought too. Just all of it. Just mm-hmm. the way that this show, I don't think the show is going to change. Like we've had issues with... The guy burping up the gas? Yeah, the the right, up and yeah. down. Oh god, the, the the up and down of the tone of the show. I mean, people have had problems with it. We've had problems with it. But watching this premiere, I don't think that's going to change. I think that this show is going to go from goofy to dark to crazy to funny to. It is just going to be like that and it and it kind of i think with people who like the batman 66 and the way that it celebrates it being campy i think in a way that this show is going to kind of be like that whether people are going to like it or they're not it's going to always be that it's always going to divide uh potential viewers of this show like people are going to either stay with the show or they're going to drop out um because of this tone but they i don't think they're ever going to change going up and down with the craziness. I mean, Barbara skipping into Arkham. Yeah. It, just the Joker being, you know, like the, not Joker, but the Joker-like kid. Yeah, Jerome. The, the dialogue between them is campy. It's dark, but it's, it's so campy. It, it, it seems like they're trying to mix, 
like the Nolan Batman or the Burton mm-hmm. Batman, which was darker and a little more serious, yes. with the campy stuff from the 66, and right. it's not quite working. Actually, I kind of see it as the mixing the Arkham video game series with Batman 66, and it's weird because I kind of realized it the same way you did, Daryl, but I went ahead and embraced it, and I actually found myself enjoying it. Was I kind of it... did, too, after I... Yeah, after yeah. I thought that to my like after that hit me like that i'm like this is the show we're gonna get like this this is it this this is it which is why you need to go back with your mature eyes now and watch batman 66 i think you'll like i don't know i don't i I don't know if that i mean you know granted that you know we're gonna have to face it that's the show we're gonna get or whatever but Mm -hmm. i don't know if the juxtaposition of those two styles works for me as it was Uh, i mean even knowing what you're telling me i don't know if that's something i enjoy watching and it just seems kind thing. of jarring. I'm like, all right, I'm into this I, pretty crime drama. Oh, look, and, we're having this really great and pretty scene. And then the next scene, you're going to have a guy burp up magic dust. To yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's, and I, that is totally the thing with this show. Because just like with Batman 66, there are those who love that show. That show has lasted for Well, I love it as for what as, it is, but I don't right, think but I'm it fits saying, with this. But what I'm saying is that show has lasted with fans, I'm saying who have liked it from you to your daughter and and people growing up for how many years for such a long time because you you embrace it for what it is and you like it with i think with gotham it's going to be the same thing either people are going to enjoy it or they're just not going to like it i don't i don't but i don't think they're ever going to change anything about this show i think they're stuck in that need to do so many different things with this like there's no well, and I mean, Jeez. you gotta admit, there has been a lot of buzz through the, the second half of the first season and over the mm-hmm. summer of fans saying, you know, I want my, I want the classic villains, I want the different, you know, they're basically were asking for these tropes, and I mean, I like I said, I did enjoy it, you know, once once I I settled down early on as soon as that one character showed up on screen, and I was like. You know what? I just subconsciously embraced it, and I was fine with it. But I agree with Jim too. Is I don't know if that's the kind of show I want to watch either. I know I enjoyed this episode, right. but I could see myself getting very hot and cold. You know, I don't see this show ever being. A, I don't ever see this show being a B plus A, and at least not a lot of episodes. I see this show being the C plus of the DC shows. Yeah, I can probably... I and can, lower, if, if they really go crazy. Change, but I, I really think that this... I think they're giving the demographic they're going after what they are asking for. We'll and the, because of the ratings are not really... I mean, they could, they it fell a little bit, but they were... But what the, the demographic that they wanted, they kept. Well, actually, the the um, the premiere uh, premiered with about half the viewership of the premiere of season one. And it had less of a viewership than the finale of season one. Season one's premiere, or season one's finale, or season one's premiere was around 10 million viewers, and season one uh, finale was almost 5 million, and this premiere had just around four. Well, I'm saying they kept the demographic they wanted. The numbers, when they were looking at breaking down what they wanted, going with what they had to compete with because they were competing with with football and and, yeah. and other stuff and dancing with the stars and stuff like that which is never going to lose their rating i don't know why but it will never lose their rating they because had to compete people are sheep 
Well, uh, uh, about a lot of stuff, but they're not going to lose that. So I, they still say that they're safe enough. They're in the line. They're still safe enough where they might the show is not in trouble yet. Keeps dropping, then I can see. But for now, I don't. I don't think he's going to change. Well, definitely get the second season. I mean, Netflix right. already like invested in the second season of the. Yeah, it's the made show. their money back already. I mean, mm-hmm. the money that they spent on this, they've already made it back, so they're not losing anything. Right. Uh, but in this opening sequence, it's a flash forward to like I said, a month later. Jim Gordon is a is a beat cop. He's on traffic duty, but he's still with Leslie, so that's cool. Bullock has become a bartender. Um. Cobblepot, like I said, the king, king of Gotham, and we see Butch and Victor Zaz as his lackeys there by his size. And then we see Barbara walking into uh, Arkham. Which I mean, just seemed really weird to me. She was like all dressed up like she was going to a resort. She had a giant crate of stuff with her. And they took her right through general population in the middle of lunch. Yeah. So, which is kind of odd. Yeah, I suppose. Um, we also, uh, after that opening sequence, we meet who's going to be the, uh, the big bat of the season. So we've been told, uh, Theo Gallivan, mm-hmm. played by James Frain. And if you recognize him, you probably will recognize him because he's been he's in every geek show ever. He's been in everything ever. <laughs> Look at his IMDb sometime. It's pretty damn impressive. Oh yeah. True. But he, give, he gives us, um, this it's like grim. Um, he gives this kind of curmudgeonly uh, uh, pudgy guy a, dr- a vial of blue liquid to drink, and tells you know tells him he's Zardon the Soul Reaper and to go, you know, conquer some souls or whatever. Um, Zardon goes out in the street with a couple of guns and just start, starts shooting randomly. Gordon's there on the scene. Um, he ends up dis- and then you know after the guns come swords. Uh, Gordon uh, disarms the man without any violence and takes takes him out. Um, and as he, uh, you know, takes the guy out, the uh, the cop that's supposed to be on the beat is late, and uh, Gordon is mad, so like gives him a, a shove, you know, for being late. He has like a giant sandwich in his face and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, our next scene is Gordon being uh, browbeaten by Loeb in uh, Essen's office. He has been thrown off the force by Loeb, and uh, you know, Essen of course you know says it's not just, and Gordon turns to Loeb, shakes his hand, and says, you know, I said I would break you. And I will. Um, and then leaves. Right. You know, the Jim Gordon character just keeps getting better, though. I really like... I mean, he he really fits into the role now. You know, not that he didn't before, but he definitely was a highlight in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, on his way out, uses the John and runs into Ed Nigma, and we see, get a scene of Edward Nigma Gollum style, uh, arguing <laughs> with his reflection in the mirror. Yeah, Which I did. enjoyed that. I thought it was that that was a fun scene. I thought. Yeah, I'm sure it was fun for him to act too. I just, um, but yeah, I thought I thought it worked uh, for sure. It was just kind of, I don't know. It seems like it seems like they're kind of swimming in their cast. They have a lot of moving parts in every mm-hmm. episode they're trying to touch. So. Yeah. Yeah, it had a little Nolan uh, Bat Dark Knight in it with the guy, you know, ingesting something and. Right. And then you had a little uh, Spider-Man, uh, well, I guess, which one was it? Spider-Man 1, with the talking in the mirror, arguing with yourself. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, more, that. that's a Green Goblin trope. Like going yeah. back to early Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. 
But I, again, it reminded me of like the the Gollum Smeagol scenes and uh, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, something like that. And the, the actor is very good. He plays uh, uh, Enigma. I think he, he yeah, does it very I agree. well. Yeah, he uh, did. He especially did. when you know he's playing like the confident, go get him devilish Enigma against you know, the one who's trying to hold it all together. So um, I thought it was a decent scene. Um, Gordon talks to Lee about that he's leaving uh, you know Gotham Police Department. The only way he could get back in would not be that legal. Gordon. Uh, you know, says, you know, determines that the time has come for him to go talk to the penguin um, to get, you know, to ask him for a favor to get him back. Gordon goes down there and, you know, talks to the penguin and, and the penguin says he's ready to give Gordon what he wants, his old job back, and, he's, and he'll get rid of Loeb. But before he does that, he has to do a favor for the penguin. He has to go collect money from his club owner who refuses to pay him uh, because it's a debt he owed Falcone, not to Penguin. So he says... We also see that Selena Kyle has joined the Penguins crew. Uh, crew. Gordon or, tells her to be good. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Gordon tells you know, Penguin tells Gordon not to make his decision, but Gordon's like, "No, I can't do this. I can't, you know, sacrifice my own morals for a chance to, you know, to be a cop again." And then he goes to the bar and talks to Bullock about it, and Bullock, you know, seems fairly happy as a bartender. He doesn't have the fire to be back on the force. Right. Um, he seems right at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see the the contrast of uh, not being on the job. Gordon cannot survive; like he he's losing it. And yeah. uh, Bullock being off the force—that's the best thing that ever happened to this guy. And probably to Gotham to a point. <laughs> well, it's it's doing bad on its own. We then uh, cut to Gordon going to visit Bruce and Alfred for some reason. This personally didn't make sense to me in this episode. Why he went it didn't over there? It did. Uh, oh good! I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought so. No, that that was clearly the oh yeah we forgot about them. Right. Let's have him go visit. Because um, for the whole episode they've been trying to break in and figure out the 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 code to break into their father's you know cave or bunker or whatever it is underneath his office. Right. Um, so when Gordon shows up, I, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I thought it was kind of jarring switch into that scene too but at least they gave a somewhat plausible thing of you know he's off the force he's going to say hey i'm not going to be able to fulfill the promise i gave you still a bit odd but at least they gave it somewhat of a purpose what sucked about this though for me is um we don't have i know this is not batman yet but you got to give us a little bit of a sprinkling of this kid is going to be batman even though we'll never see it but still sprinkle in that this kid is special and let him figure out the code. Like, I, I really wish that he had used his, you know, he used his head instead of wanting to blow it up and, and figure out somehow what his father's code would be. Something. like right. Especially since it was Bruce. Yeah. That should have been one, one of his of the, first guesses. I was going to say that should be one of the first things you try is your kids' names. Yeah. Anything. Like, birthday. It could have been a nice flashback. It could have been a nice Bruce. And instead of having Gordon go to the house, Bruce thinking having a nice little flashback with his father would have been great. And he and that made and that allowed him to remember um, a code that he might have used. Right. I was satisfied with the sequence, I think, but I would have rather have seen what you're describing. It just seemed kind of odd that Gordon would show up that point you know yeah um but you know bruce you know asks him you know why why are you willing to sacrifice your chance to save the city for your own personal dignity and reputation which seems like a weird thing for bruce to say to him mm-hmm. uh again 
But then uh, Gordon understands what he's getting at. He's like, okay, you know, fine. And then that uh, tips Gordon to make his way to uh, the club owner's office demanding Penguin's money. He, he starts pushing Gordon's buttons, calling him Penguin's bitch, and uh, deems him a, a crooked cop. And then Barker threatens him. Uh, Gordon retaliates by taking away his weapon and stealing the cash. He runs off of the money. Barker appears in the parking lot, and Gordon has to shoot him to save himself. <laughs> Which was another ungordon like scene. That yeah, I this whole, the whole, yeah. It was ungordon like but I thought that he played the, the shock in his eyes of, I can't believe I just did that. In that, just that moment, I thought he played that well. But it was very out of character. Yeah, because you built a whole season of him not breaking, not crossing the line. To now he goes to the second season and he crossed the, first, the line yeah. just like that. Yeah, exactly. I would thought it'd been more of a moral dilemma for him. Yeah, crossing the line. Yeah. Yeah, I but could, I, I I can see where the talk with Bruce kind of you know changed his mind to I'm just gonna have to do what I have to do for the greater good. Only reason so, why I don't think that because he's been told this since the first episode. Yep. To do that, and he hasn't, and he hasn't broken that wall. Would it? What would have done it for me is if he, if you use uh, either his girlfriend, where he cro- I could see him cross the line to save his girlfriend, or I could see him cross the line to save someone in his family, like introduce a family member or something, and he does it for the family member. That I can see, but just crossing the line just to be a cop. I could see him be a detective. I mean, he could be a private detective if he really wanted to fight crime or something. Well, but you said it a few minutes ago when you said, you know, it's the worst thing that happened to him. Him not being a cop, he's not himself. He's falling apart. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, this is very ungordon like It was just so quick. I can see the argument for why they did it. It's just... It just seems so that, quick. I don't think they've really explained enough is why. Why is right. it so important for him to be a cop? What exactly. is the reason? You know, is there something in his past? I mean, is mm-hmm. it because of what his dad did? Is it because of, you know, he he feels haunted by something? Why? Why right. is he willing to murder a criminal in cold blood and steal his money just to get back on the police force? I mean, it doesn't... That's the missing part for me was, like, the motivation. I mean, mm-hmm. Gordon, if anything, is like an ethical man. You know, it doesn't seem like something... I don't know. If they explain to me more why he was so compelled to be, become a cop again, why he has this compulsion to do that, then... Yeah, give I'm me gonna, something. Yeah. Like, I might have gone really along with it, but that really bothered me that he did that. I wouldn't say he murdered in cold blood, though. I mean, he had to He had to defend himself. I yeah, just, but he put himself yeah, in Yeah, but position I mean, he even tells shot. Penguin later that he knew... that the Penguin knew what would happen when he showed he up. He knew what would happen. Oh, and of yes, course the course. Penguin knew what would happen. It I mean, was exactly. like... But it was kind of it was like smacking a, a dog or going in a in a in a cage with a snake or something and knowing the snake is going to attack you and then you kill it. You knew before you went in that cage that the that that's what the snake was going to do. But you you went in there anyway. He didn't have to go there, rob that guy. Like he he right. not having that job was not something that was going to kill him. Well, like he could he could have been a detective or something else i know that's that's the part about that's the missing piece for me on that yeah. you know what i mean i mean we get it gordon is like the one good cop in gotham but this is mm-hmm. like over the line for him i think and you know just yeah this a is cop over the line. Cross the line yeah definitely um penguin follows through on his end of the favor 
him and Zaz show up at Loeb's house, they behead his guard and threaten him into retiring. That scene where he's moving the head's mouth. That's, <laughs> that's the camp. Yeah. I think that's the, exactly. camp, the camp I like. Yeah. Uh, Essen is named commissioner. Gordon is reinstated. And the two vow to work together to tackle the big problem of cleaning up the city. Um, I thought for a minute he was about to name Gordon as commissioner. I was like, now, hold on. That's a bit fast. But when it was, what's her name? I was like, okay. It makes sense it would be Essen. Yeah. It's been like a few years the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, We then cut to Barbara in uh, Arkham. She meets, uh, should I call him Proto-Joker or just Jerome or Pre-Joker? <laughs> Jerome for now. Joker Jr. You know he's Jerome for sure, so we'll Jerome go with that. And you know, I mean, I like his I like his portrayal. You know what I mean? I like I like. I do feeling. too, I, I, but I still think he's a red herring. Well, it, it, whether he is or not doesn't matter. I'm just going by what he is now. You know right, I mean? yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. And even if he is a red herring, it's, he's pretty entertaining. You know, as, oh, yeah, I, I totally agree, yeah. They're trying to give us. They're giving us Harley and and Joker. I mean, the role their their roles are kind of different because she's not into him like that. But that is what they're channeling. I mean, it's there. Barbara uh, makes a phone call to Gordon. Uh, tries to convince him that it was Lee who attacked her, mm-hmm. and that she never revealed that she killed her own parents. And Gordon now mm-hmm. tells her not to call back. So she calls Lee and tells her, "I hope you die screaming, bitch." That was funny. Real, real class. Yeah. Um, Problem again, though, why the hell would you just not tell Lee? Why keep a secret that she called you? I don't know. That was just idiotic. And, I mean, didn't she already tell Lee that she killed her parents, like, when she was trying to psychoanalyze her and stuff? Exactly. It's yeah. it's, all, it's not like it's a big secret. I mean, This is such a foreshadowing of you trying to break, of them trying to break them up, or at least test their relationship. So I just see the episode once she gets out where, um, you know, Gordon comes home, Lee is missing, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, Barbara has her and, you know, leaves him on this cat and mouse game where she just messes with him. Well, I think Lee's going to end up dead. Maybe not from Barbara, but I just have a feeling sometime this season she's probably a goner. I think she's just going to – I think Lee going to wind up leaving him. It, yeah. Well, that may be, but I still think that as just another – you know – how you've always said, you know, these characters just can't be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just going to be another thing that's going to happen. That well, yeah, I mean, she's the only one who knows what he had to go through to get back on the force, right? Right. She she's the only one that knows Gordon's secret other than the penguins. So I think that might drive a wedge between them. Yeah, I think um, it already started. Zardon the Soul Reaper from earlier in the episode is sleeping and starts burping up a blue gas. I hate when that happens. Uh, <laughs> knocks out all the inmates. Uh, and Tabitha Gallivan, a.k.a. Tigress, uh, blasts through the doors of Arkham and rescues Barbara, Jerome, uh, Richard Sidonis that we saw, a.k.a. the Black Mask, right. um, a, a cannibal and a guy who murdered his family, uh, as parent, as prisoners, back to Theo Gallivan. Uh, he has them all lined up, uh, Hannibal Lecter style, all trussed up, and said that uh, they're going to work for him now. He has a wonderful future planned. It's going to be a lot of fun together. Um, Theo tries to flirt with Barbara a little bit, but Richard, uh, the Black Mask, gets possessive for some reason. 
And then uh, Richard tells him, hey, this isn't going to work because I don't take orders, I make orders. Yeah, you did. So, you know, he offers money in exchange for his freedom, but Theo tells him, go ahead and leave. Uh, Richard tries to take Barbara with him, but then Tabitha brutally murders him instead. Uh, all this is taking place. Bruce is uh, down in the mansion, and he builds a bomb with Alfred mm-hmm. to open the secret door to Thomas's room. Uh, secret room underneath, you know, the plan works, and Bruce enters a dusty old bomb shelter-looking room to find old computers and a note addressed to Bruce. Um, Thomas Wayne writes that being a father has made him try to be a better man, and this made him start asking about you know, the hard questions about the family business. And you know, the paranoia in the letter obviously was justified because they killed him. Right. Um, but at the end of the note, he tells Bruce that uh, he cannot have happiness and the truth. He has to choose. I beg of you, my son, please choose happiness unless you feel a calling. A true calling. <laughs> I it? thought that I thought that last line was a bit over the top. The, the rest yeah, of it, I thought, was very well done. Was kind of it felt like nothing because he didn't earn it by figuring out the code for that door. For me, like that, that it really was a lackluster thing for him to read that because he didn't earn it. He just blew the place up. I'm with you. He's Batman. He should show some detective skills. Exactly. You know, he's should... Batman. Something that Alfred, even trained Alfred, didn't figure out yeah, he should, what he should have did. Like I said, yeah, and, and at the beginning, I, there's that line in Alfred, there must be a million culminations, Master Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, duh, okay? Duh, so that's why, like, <laughs> it should, he should have figured it out. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the frustrating thing about the show, is sometimes they just, you know, especially with the Bruce character, the kid, like, I don't... I don't want you. I mean, I know everybody's yelling, "Make him Batman." I don't. You don't need to make him Batman, but you need to start to show the why this kid is going to be Batman. Something. Right. Start the evolution. Start planting right. the seeds. We show us some traits, you know. Right. Something. You got to show us some traits right now. Crash, crash a bat through the window at it. You know. Right now, Bruce ain't very bright. This this version of Batman won't live very long in Gotham because he's not very bright. Not this version of, of Bruce. But but he's Batman. He's Batman, all right. Till he gets shot, because he probably forgot to wear a suit with a bulletproof vest built in. He's not the whiny pre-Batman kid the city needs right now. Well, this Batman will just walk through the front door. <laughs> he wouldn't even go through the window. Well, that's Gotham, uh, episode yeah. one of season two. Yeah. What'd you guys think? It uh, solid C plus. <laughs> basically what I felt. Solid C plus. I I I liked it better than that. I'd give it you know a a, so, a a solid just right in the middle B. If I could break it down into parts, I could give grades to like the villain stuff A plus. Love the uh, penguin stuff. Love the Arkham Asylum stuff uh, when they get them out of Arkham Asylum. I like that interaction. Well, there's been a lot of that throughout even season one. Yeah. You know, where where there's enough good in an episode that it carries you through. So that's what I'm thinking. If I just embrace the, the campiness and just stick to what the core story they're telling is on the episode, I think I think that you'll enjoy it more. 
because well, Gordon flipping like he did without real good motivation because they haven't given us any to me. I don't think they've yeah. given us real motivation of why he would slip like this. After, why he would go that far, just right. become a cop again. You know what I mean? Because remember, this, he's gone through situations where his girlfriend was a was other well, girl was about also, to be killed. It's hmm? also possible throughout the season we're going to get some little flashbacks to what happened in that one month later time period maybe there's some stuff that's happened that that it logically drove him to that and we're going to learn that later i mean i don't know i mean i agree with you that it that it did kind of you know not gel very well as far as that component of it but i still found myself liking the episode i mean on our five point system i would go 3.75 so it's not like way up there but i i liked it no, I didn't fail it. I gave it a C plus. Yeah. But my thing is, you're not get like they are not giving me enough. You got a, a wonderful girlfriend. Like there's nothing yet that has happened to make me think he's fallen down this hole yet. You could he could have been he could be a detective. He could he, he could go take back to a being job. a guard at Ar- Arkham. He could have been a guard at Arkham. He could be a private detective. He ha- he still was a cop. He has a gun. A license to carry a bat, a gun. He could have been a private detective, and then something could happen. He gets his job back. Like he solves a case, and it's and it's that important that he gets his job back. That could happen. But um, yeah, yeah. But to to just, I don't know. I see no hardship for him in this season, for him to fall this fast. There's, I don't see any. Besides wanting to be a cop, yeah, I get it. You want to be a cop. You want to help people. I got all that. But the first signs of you um, losing something and you flip like this, like it just, it doesn't seem like you, you're a very good cop then anymore. It's like if that, if it, all it took was that, you know, like if anything, I don't know why they didn't have it where he was a beat cop and he earned his, he, he still solves a, a big case. Even just being a beat cop, he still manages to get into something. Because that's what's been happening over the course of the first season. He still, no matter how many times they demote him, he still winds up getting into a situation where he becomes a hero. And I think that's what they should have continued with, with Gordon. Instead of flipping it this fast, for now we're going to get Dark Gordon. Like I think it, we you need to earn Dark Gordon first, and let him go through something like Leslie dying or something like that. Like her dying, then I can see him spiral into a uh, a darkness where I need to kill the guy that did this to her, right. and I will join with Penguin and work with him because I don't give a damn what I have to do, but I'm gonna get that guy that killed the woman that I love. That I got you. I'm with you. I'm riding with you on that one. But I can't ride with you on you. You don't get to be a detective anymore, and now you're upset. I don't get it. That that doesn't make any sense. You don't have money problems yet. You, none of that stuff is happening to you. Your best friend is great. He's having he is off the booze. He's got a girlfriend. There's nothing on you weighing on you anymore to make you spiral down like that. They got to give me well, something. And and I I agree with you pretty much with all that but i mean the whole thing think about it too is his whole life he wanted to be a cop he was he's mm-hmm. destined to be a cop 
you know, that that's what he identifies as. He is Detective Gordon. He is our Officer Gordon. He's not, you know, just Jim Gordon. That's his identity. I mean, think about it. Your destin- destiny, you know, what what your chosen path has been. I mean, you're, you're the podcast tycoon that you are there, Daryl. And if that was suddenly taken away from you without hope of getting back to it. Well, I'm already spiraling down into booze. And, and uh, <laughs> despair. I'm doing that and podcasting at the same time. That doesn't count. That's not but the you same know, thing. You know what I'm saying though is is yeah. I, there's nothing that he. It's very obvious. Especially I just don't see tragedy. Season. I'm sorry. It's, it's no. like, I, I'm, I'm with Daryl on this. I don't see no, enough I, tragedy for him to do what tragedy. he did in this episode. You got right, a right. You... I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying is is at least there is a little bit of logic there. It's flawed logic, not but a me, little. It, it feels like a rich guy saying, "Oh, well, I got all this money. I feel so bad. It's too much for me." I'm healthy, I'm good. Like, he's healthy, he's fine, he's got a wonderful girlfriend, they're in a new relationship, she is devoted to this dude, he could still help people, like, his main thing is he wants to help people. Like I said, he could be a private detective, you could help anybody you want to help. And a rich guy with too much money can be a problem there, Daryl, so watch Narcos, you'll see. Yeah, but he enjoyed his spiral down the wrong. <laughs> I've only watched the first episode so far, but it's enjoyable. All right. Well, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of flip flopping here, but I mean, <laughs> I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I still found enough enjoyment in it to where it's like I still enjoy the show. I just no, I'm still back for the next episode, and I'm yeah. still I, I'm still giving it a passing grade. Like it didn't make me fail, yeah. but right, yeah, right, right now right. you you get a C. I guess uh, for my grade, I mean, I, I definitely agree with something that Daryl said and touched on. Uh, if I were grading, uh, you know, it by parts, like different parts of the show, then the grades would be a lot different. Like I like the Arkham, uh, you know, the Arkham Six stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I liked, you know, I liked the Penguin stuff that was in this episode. Um, I like the Riddler stuff that was in this episode, but then the other parts just seem kind of, I don't know, I, again, I had trouble with, uh, with Gordon's motivation for going so far just to become a cop again. Right. Um, I agree with Daryl, if it had been something like, you know, Leslie Tompkins being killed, or, you know, even if Barbara had been had mur- been murdered or whatever, that would have been something, you know, to motivate him. You know, one of his own, or, you know, even, you know, whatever. It just didn't seem like the motivation was there strongly enough for him to go to that length uh, to become a cop again. So I give it a C, straight up C. Okay, and uh, in the wake of the the new season of Gotham, we asked on the Facebook group uh, what you thought about it. And we have a really cool Facebook group. We have a lot of news updates all the time on the different TV, uh, DC television shows and movies. We have a lot of interesting discussions. Um, That Crisis on Infinite Earths graphic that I posted that Ziggo passed along to the DC TV podcast That is awesome was incredible. It's like one of my, it's my background on my laptop right now. Um, so definitely join our Facebook group. We'd really love to have you. Um, we asked you know you guys what you thought about the season two premiere of Gotham. Uh, Brian Arnold said, I'm curious to see how far they take Barbara's character. She's never been depicted as a villain in any other Batman incarnation that I'm aware of. I thought maybe she was under some kind of mind trick of the ogre last season, but the premiere makes it clear that Barbara really is evil in her own right. Chris Garner broke it down to two words. Can't wait. Uh, Joseph Gaines, I don't know what to make of it. Positives. 
Uh, Penguin's acting. Barbara's more interesting. The new Big Bad as an actor has been good in, what, in other shows I've seen. Uh, negatives. Weird tone is still there. Jim Gordon is officially as crooked as any Gotham police officer, probably worse than most. Um, to which Brian Arnold said they're really treading on shaky ground by having Jim do what he did. That's pushing into the end of Man of Steel territory. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, now. He's throwing shade on Man of Steel, Daryl. How dare you. Uh, Jason Foss. I liked it a lot. I love what they're doing with Barbara and almost... Got a weird Joker Harley vibe between her and Jerome. Blasphemy, I'm sure, but I saw it. Uh, curious as to how Jim's actions are going to come back and bite him later. And what his mindset is going forward uh, will be. Uh, how will Penguin hold this over his head will be interesting. Sama hanging out with Penguin and his crew was unexpected. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Bruce found a calling. Ugh. Didn't like that. Two on the nose. But I did uh, like the show. But I liked it quite a bit. Uh, can they keep it up is the real question. And will the audience find its way back to keep the ratings from cancellation danger? Um, and Carlos Carmona chimed in with, why are they making Edward seem like Two-Face should Two-Face have that duality problem? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's, you know, exclusively Two-Face. You know what I mean? No. No. Eventually, I think the one persona will take over. You know, the one in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, and it's pretty obvious that, I mean... He's always probably had this issue, but been able to hold it together. But ever since he crossed that line and killed, uh, what's her name's boyfriend, uh, Chris, he, yeah, and now that that dark side's becoming more powerful, and it's going to just end up overtaking mm-hmm. Nigma and becoming the Riddler. Sweet. Yep. 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 Well, thank you for the comments, and again, please join our Facebook group. It's the DC TV Podcast Facebook group. Um, we'd be happy to have you join us. Uh, in the uh, tradition of other great DC TV pilots that were leaked ahead of time uh, over the interwebs, uh, mm-hmm. far in advance of their premiere, like Supergirl and The Flash, uh, my co-hosts and I were lucky enough to get a copy, our hands-on digital copy, of the pilot for Lucifer. Uh, the Fox show, right? Uh, yes. Based on the Vertigo comic. Um, By Mike Carey. By Mike Carey. Uh, yeah. original, original concept is Neil Gaiman, though, I think. And then, like, Carey and Neil. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've only ever read or know of the Lucifer that appeared in Sandman. I never read the Lucifer series or anything, so... Well, Mike Carey, I, that was like, that ran for like 70 issues, didn't it? It ran sure for a did. long time. Yeah. You know, I, I read the trades, and it was like eight or nine trades. Mm-hmm. But anyway, basically, the, the, the premise of the comic and the, the premise of the show, you know, Lucifer has given up hell. He's tired of it. He's sick of it. He wants a vacation. And he's taken up in Los Angeles by opening up a nightclub. Uh, in this one, though, it's interesting. They take that premise of, of uh, Lucifer from the Vertigo comic and try to shoehorn it into a police procedural. Yeah. Uh, with uh, him almost being like uh, the guy from Elementary or the guy from The Mentalist or uh, with his basic you know, superpower or whatever, being able to bring out someone's deepest desires. And I liked it. I loved it. I thought I it was great. Really, I, I really... First of all, they did the great job with Lucifer as they made him... Um, just made the show has to be sexy and seductive because that's... You know, Lucifer, Lucifer is... He's more than Dracula. Right. You know, this dude is dangerous. When he sees you, you know, like, there's no telling which way he's going to go. 
Is he is he gonna jack you up, or is he just gonna you know like is he gonna make you do something totally evil, or is he gonna be nice or whatever? And I think that that kind of um, that kind of dangerous uh, atmosphere when he's in a room is what I like. The actor's good with that. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. And and I I I really I mean I think the the actress and the character of uh, is it Detective Dancer is that her name? Yeah, Chloe Dancer. Dancer. Chloe Dancer. Yeah. Why do they name these people these? I don't know. know. But I really, really, I don't, I can't think of any, I can't place that actress in anything that I know. I can. She's from the Fireman's uh, show, Chicago Fire. Yeah, me and uh, Donnie would, I, would know her right that. off the bat. She was killed but, off. Her character died, killed off. Uh, but I, I, I really, I really enjoyed that character. I, you know, and I think there's a good chemistry building between the two. They do. I, I just, just take the clothes dancer out. I don't understand why they got to do the porn names. You know, yeah, just, yeah. Like it's not necessary. Just name her something normal. Like I, I, I like that for whatever reason. You know that there's going to. There's got to be something special about her that he can't. Oh yeah, affect her. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. That's his perfect partner, though. Somebody he can't. I mean, I kind of got some a little bit of overtones of Constantine type stuff here. Well, especially you know, when I, Angel showed up on Time Stop, just like in Constantine. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what happened to Constantine. Yeah. And he's a very imposing black man playing the what angel. What is with the black angels? Like that's not the same. Like, it's like they're it's like they're it's like they're making up for something. Yeah, you know? oh, we'll because, make them angels. Because, but anyway, yeah, that that kind of struck me as being from Constantine. Oh, it's kind of yeah. flippant, like British manner, you know, like mm-hmm. British working class manner or whatever. It was kind of Constantine-ish as well. So. Oh yeah, but it didn't feel ripped off at all. It felt very well done. I thought it was I, all right. He yeah, was so he... like that in, um, I remember him from the, I don't know if you two probably didn't see it. He he was on the USA show that it only made it one season where he played the uh, the doctor, the surgeon that was on drugs and stuff and was performing um, medical procedures on people if they paid the highest price, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. I caught a couple episodes. Is that Rush? Yes. Rush, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was the name of it. He did a lot. He he kind of played the same kind of character. He lived life like this. Sometimes he would do something good, but for the most part, you know, he lived for pleasures, and you know, that that was his nature for the most part. He's a lot like Lucifer. Is a lot like this character. Like he lives for pleasure, but he seen. But now Lucifer is going is having a midlife crisis. I, I would I would think. There's this whole deal in it about how he never, you know, never shies away and says, you know, "Oh no, I'm not, I'm not really the devil. I'm just kidding." He just comes out and tells people, you know, yeah, it's like everything he says, you know, oh God, it's like no, he has nothing to do with it, you know, or whatever. Um, but in the pilot, his uh, a, a girl who used to work uh, in his club, Lux, who then um, got famous uh, as a pop singer, kind of Britney Spears, you know, Lady Gaga type. Uh, gets brutally gunned down in front of the the uh, club, and right. uh, because you know Lucifer considered her a friend, he takes it upon himself to you know, help Clo- uh, you know Captain Chloe Dancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> solve the crime. Where do I know you from? And of course, Chloe Dancer's ex husband is one of the other cops on the scene. Right, and uh, they have a cute uh, little kid together. 
the whole she did like Cinemax comedy porn type stuff. Well, she did one. And, well, yeah, but I mean that whole thing. I know you. That, that was funny. You knew, you she, knew it was something. She was the the next generation's cheap uh, Phoebe Cates. <laughs> yeah, I did like that whole scene in the with the rapper in, in the um, the apartment or whatever where he you know hangs him mm-hmm. out by his chain. Um, but that included that part. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. And I like the uh, his uh, demon uh, friend that le- that I guess left hell with him to work, and she's mm. like, I don't want to be a bartender. But yeah, I like how she's introduced, and I want to work at that bar. Leslie Ann Brand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to work there. I want to work with her. Yes, yeah, what I'm saying. That's something. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. <laughs> it was it was a risque scene. I mean, it's something what they they could put on TV now. I wonder if that'll stay in the in the uh, episode when it comes when it airs. Yeah. Because yeah. that was pretty risque. It's um. It, I don't know. She she has been on uh, that uh, new show, The Librarian. She was on Gotham actually. Uh, it's a character named Lovecraft on the one episode where they were trying to kill uh, Bruce and. Um, oh yeah! And right, Selena. right. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. So uh, she is a very attractive young lady. It's interesting though, different that Mazikin is from the one in the comic. Like the one in the comic, like half of her face is gone or something. She has to wear like that weird mask all the time, and she can't talk correctly because of the mask. I guess. Yeah, they went in a totally different direction with this one. Yeah. The um. But anyway, I thought it was a decent pilot. It was just I just thought it was kind of weird that they took this premise and kind of are making a police procedural out of it. I mean, I guess that would be the what you know the way to go with it, but. Uh, I do like the idea, the ideas of the overarching storylines of you know them trying to get him back to hell, and you know Mazakin trying to get him to be a little more ambitious while he's on Earth and you know try to do something else. Yeah, messing up the balance. I like that. Like yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a balance that we have, and you're disturbing the balance. I kind of, and I want to know the mystery of what is it about Miss um, Dancer that makes her different than right. Than, than others like sir immune yeah there must be something like there's got to be some mystery with that so i kind of want to know i think that this show would would be definitely benefit from only being 10 episodes yeah i think they're going for 13 though like imdb 13 would be bad either just not like some kind of 22 episode if they could dodge some of the detect some of the case of the week stuff and kind of go more into the what's really going on with her and and what's going on with hell right now i have a feeling that that's kind of where they're going to go i just think that they're going to do this case of the week procedural type stuff a little while just to do some character development and that might be a problem though because doing it it too many times i think you right i mean there's a balance you have to hit there but but you know, do a couple of case of the week deals. Start introducing a story arc. Do another case of the week. Do a couple more episodes of story arc. I can see you them know. lose people quickly. Yeah, if, they, if mean, they do after the pilot, they they do another case of the week. I can see people just. So drop. You could do that well, like X Files, right? You could pepper in case of the weeks along with overarching stories, mm-hmm. or you could do it not so well, like a, you know a bunch of other shows are trying. I mean, right. It's very rare that there is a show that has like a week-by-week week case and actually has overarching storylines that end up working. 
mm-hmm. um, at all. I'm trying to think of some other examples. Well, it's this is this show is very similar to Constantine, and for people might look at this and be like, you know what, this is close to Constantine. Constantine got canceled. I'm not even messing with it. I'm out. Like people, people can tag out really quick if they don't do something with this. Like show that there's well, something. Well, I. I think on. Fox is doing a hell of a lot better job already with the marketing of this than NBC did with content. Well, we'll see. I mean, it hasn't aired we'll yet. See, yeah, they haven't even really advertised anything. Not yet. really. Um, the 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 I don't know. It just it seems like there are a lot of shows. At least the police procedural side of this show. It seems like there are already a lot of shows like this. Right. Like Elementary and The Mentalist and you know right. Psych and and like. All played different ways. But you got still... the pretty, pretty, pretty woman, and paired with uh, paired with someone who, yeah, because she is so much like. I, and I watched Castle not in the same day that I watched this, and I'm like, Beckett, is Beckett here? Like, what? Yeah, I kind of got that vibe too. Like, you got they got to do something with this to do. I mean, they got a pilot, but I think they really need to. You're going to have to do something with this show to make it's it. It's better than some pilots I've seen this year. Well, the thing about it is TV has leveled up. That's the problem. Yeah, the stakes like, are like higher t- now. T- TV has leveled up. You're in not the competing last... just against the other networks. You're competing against all the cable ne- uh, yeah. networks, yeah. All, you know, Netflix, Hulu, um, YouTube Even videos. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, so it's not enough to just be... Uh, it's a fine pilot. It's a it's a it's a good pilot. It's not a bad one. You you just can't be not bad. You got to be more. You have to be more than that. You know, it it, it can't just be the charismatic uh, guy that walks around saying um, you know saying inappropriate things around women and making them swoon. That that can't be the only. You can't do that every episode. You got to give us more than that. Like I want to know more about the hell stuff and. And why he left hell, and that's the kind of stuff I want to dig. I want to see them dig into. Yeah, me too. So we'll see. But I thought it was a good pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. I mean, they have the pieces there to do something with it. It's just that I hope that they they don't think that they have a lot of time to to, to just you know hover. There could be no hovering with this show. I don't think. Right. I think they've built a very nice sandbox with some good toys in it. They just need to, you know, put it together nicely. Exactly. And how cool we got Rachel Harris from the uh, Daily Show there at the last minute was like the therapist. Yeah, well, I, I know. I watched them doing like a Soprano thing where they framed the episode with him talking to his therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, like I they know. did with uh, Joni and, and Dr. Melfi. Yeah, I know her from Suits. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw her. Yeah. USA. I yeah. actually, I recognized her and couldn't think of where I knew her from. So. She's hilarious. I, she is funny, and I like that librarian look or something about yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, she's yeah. very flexible. Yeah, she <laughs> <laughs> Like, that scene, funny. Great, the way they did that. But, like I said, they cannot use that as a crutch for him to just seduce whatever woman they come in contact with when they have a case. They they gotta do something else. They just can't be that. Right. When he did when he did that thing with his eyes at the bully kid, I thought that was pretty that funny. That was funny. Predictable but funny. Predictable, but yeah, it was I thought it was funny. And they they also with the kid you can't you can't fall on that too much either with, you know 
Oh, I don't like gonna... kids, but I like kids. You know that type of thing. Oh, that's definitely gonna play into it the way they set this up. You, you know it is. You know it is. You could do some of that, and it could be some good scenes with them. But just don't, you know, like don't use it as a crutch either, because it could go either way. Because so many shows have done this already. You know, like you really, you're really messing with things that have been done so many times in so many shows. You do make a good point about the similarities to Constantine, though. Yeah, it's there. Like I couldn't help it. I, I could not help it, even though I was yeah. trying to look at it for what it was. But I just kept seeing, you know, Constantine in it. Like, oh, do you, are, were you the same guy playing the angel in the other? Oh, no. Because <laughs> like he could stop time, too, you know. Yeah, the <laughs> same way. I mean, it was just like the same special effects, the same... The wings are the same. Like, they didn't even change the way an angel looks. Like, it still was the same, you know, same kind of... Well, my favorite part of that, too, was, like, the end where he's like, you know, I can't wait to eat your heart out. Bye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hate your guts. Love you. Every time I come here, I hate you a little more. So, we'll see what happens. I want to... I hope it does. I hope they can step it up and, and they, uh continue to, to do some great things with the mythos of of, uh, of it. Well, there was a lot there. I mean, like I said, that yeah. comic ran for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot with the premise in the comic. Uh, so, there's a lot oh. to draw from. Okay, uh, I guess we go to the news desk now. There's a few things. Let's clear out from the news bucket. Yes, let's clear out the news bucket. A giant bucket full of news over here. Uh, we've heard that we've gotten word that the Court of Owls from the Batman comic book will be appearing and be part of the Gotham TV show. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know how to feel about that. It could be cool. It could be weird. It could be cool and weird, or it could just be weird. I, I'm kind of hoping that, that they do and they do it well, because I, I really enjoyed the Court of Owls. There, there were some flaws here and there with the storyline, uh, in yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I really like the whole Illuminati secret society ness of it. And I mean, if you, you know, I read uh, um, uh, the, it wasn't called Jonah Hex in the New 52. What was it called? Uh, All Star Western. Right. You know, when, when, when um, they went through and, and we met the original Dr. Arkham and, and, you know, they even tied the Court of Owls into some of the storyline back then, you know, of what was going on with them. So there's a lot of really cool intrigue that they could play with, with that. And I hope that they do it well, because I, I like that kind of thing. So I have yeah. high hopes. But I don't care enough about it. campy with it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care enough about the Court of Owls. Like, it's not a classic run that, you know, like, I'm, it's yeah. sacred to me. So if they don't, like, if they don't really do it that well, it's not going to bother me. Like, it's not like the killing joke or something like that. Where, right. You know, like, I've... Yeah, yeah. It's not something I, you've lived with for 20 or 30 years. Exactly. It's relatively right. new. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I'm not necessarily looking around. at it that way as much as it's just, I think it's a very intriguing idea that, that could be explored mm-hmm. deeper and better than it was in the comic. In the just, hope... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, just, go, I, I just don't... <laughs> right now, it's sad, but I just don't see this Gordon being smart enough to figure it out. Not the way he's acting this this, this season. I'm just wondering what version of the Court of Owls we will get. 
on this show. That seeing the you know the what we've gotten on some of the other villains so far, you know. Well, it looks like I wonder if they'll even just slap the mask on uh, the criminals that they broke out of Arkham. Hmm. I guess they could. Although that's not really what the Court of Owls is. Right. Oh, no. Not would, even. Nope. If they went that route, I wouldn't be happy with it at all. <laughs> In the, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're going this far into the continuity file. Legends of Tomorrow has cast a woman to play negative woman from the Doom Patrol. Surprised the heck out of me. Man. When when Daryl posted that, to, was it today? Well, yeah. Whenever, when you posted that. At least today. Yeah. For a minute, I was like, wait a minute, who? who and then i i had to look it up and then i remembered you know but i i just man they are reaching <laughs> i knew like i i was a fan of the old boom doom patrol side so yeah. they said negative one i was like what like i did not expect them to uh to pull that out and she was a kind of a spin-off character from mark trainer the original negative man mm-hmm. uh the same thing that happened to him happened to her in in low or whatever and she had the same power. So interesting. It says in the uh, the press release that we post that's posted on the TaylorNetworkPodcast.com that uh, they're going to be she's going to be on Legends of Tomorrow uh, during the height of the Cold War, and the following introduction: that Adam and Captain Cold will attempt to win her affections in order to find out whether or not she is working with Vandal Savage. Hmm. Interesting. And the yeah. very very attractive young lady uh, as well. Yes, you. Uh, we got a new Flash trailer, guys, featuring Jay Garrick yes. in his full costume, and it looks pretty badass. When when that trailer was released, I was sitting in a meeting at work, and I just happened to look down at my phone and saw that Daryl or somebody had updated with that, and I I actually had to make an excuse to leave the meeting so I could. I was like, I gotta yes, see it. It was more. Oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah, it looks like good stuff. We're going to get Adam Smasher. I like this whole thing of Zoom sending foes at the Flash through the portal from Earth 2. I think it's so cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, it gets away from the the whole thing with the, um, what do they call it, that machine that they were using. Oh, the particle accelerator. Yeah, it it gets away from the particle accelerator thing. And uh, you have new people coming in now. So I, I like it. I, I, like it. I just have a feeling that this is going to be better than season one, and that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. a bold statement. That was a mighty good season. I agree, though. I think it'll be even, even better than season one. As I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Gotham season two premiered uh, with lower ratings at 4.49 million viewers for a 1.6 share in the 18-49 demo. Uh, behind The Voice, Dancing with the Stars, Big Bang Theory, and Football. So, yeah, it was running up against a lot of uh, competition. Uh, The season finale brought in a little more than that, 4.9 million viewers. So, uh, interesting. I know, like I said, I know Netflix put a lot of money into Gotham to to secure the rights even before they were finished with the first. So, it's interesting. Uh, We got some new photos from Supergirl. We get uh, photos of Maxwell Lord and Halgramite. They look pretty good. We also got a new photo of the Red Tornado. And mm. from Supergirl, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know yet. I don't it's know. Fine. I, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I like it. 
It doesn't it's have the terrible. arrows all over. You know, they right. don't have the arrows all over it and stuff. Right. Um, like they did in the seventies with the wasn't it? The Red Tornado had the the yellow stripes all up and down his arms and the the circle on his forehead where they made a T and then the arrow on top yeah, of his like head an like arrow. a mohawk. Pointing down at his ball, not yeah, his ball. Pointing down at his ball. It's just an <laughs> yes, of course. We, uh, we've we been hearing for a while now that the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold were not going to be part of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And now we found out why. Yeah. Uh, DC, Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment are developing a feature film about the Blue and Gold. This is according to the tracking board. And uh, Berlanti and Guggenheim are, once again, at the controls of said film. The executive producer... Uh, as I said, Greg Berlanti. So he's also producing a live-action Archie movie called Riverdale, the CW. Yeah, I remember that. Hearing that's that, it, that's coming up. Uh, the reports that we've seen so far that the Blue Beetle to be used to be Jaime Reyes. So, which I can see. That's totally, and I could see like them going for a slightly older booster too. So it'd be mm-hmm. like the more seasoned superhero with the York right. rookie superhero who can't handle his powers and. Yeah, the yeah, get Nathan Fillion is Booster Gold, man. Yeah, that's well, like, wasn't he, he I, tweeting out that he wants to be Booster Gold or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, I, the guy behind this, like with the Flash, he likes writing that mentor, you know, that hero being mentored by an older person. Like he, he kind of likes yeah. it. He loves to do that. So I could see that, you know, Booster being kind of irresponsible, but still being a a mentor to uh, to a Jamie Reyes. Yeah, that could be a good like buddy buddy type movie. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, the boss at DC, the new uh, head of the big boss head of DC Entertainment, Diane Nelson, uh, talked uh, at a Variety Summit about uh, their strategy, and one of the strategies that they are, are sticking with is to keep the movie and TV universes separate, but equal. Yeah. Uh, meaning that they could, you know, the TV series can go on as long as they want, the movies can go on as long as they want, and their universes can, you know. Be and totally I'm different. fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was worried that I'm they were right. gonna, like put a kibosh on all the TV shows when the movies came. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they're not because I, I could see the Flash going for seasons and seasons, um, and I hope it does because it's a great show. Me too. But the, she explained that you know there are a lot of different interpretations to characters like. Look at the difference between, like, the Dark Knight and Teen Titans Go. You know what I mean? That They don't fit in the same universe, and that's mm-hmm. why they want to keep it sequestered in kind of a walled garden situation. So. I get it. I understand it. Yeah, it's cool. I'm fine with it. I mean, I like that Marvel has their TV and, and movies intertwined, but I think that, you know... As long as you're going to have it one way or the other, not say, well, we're going to have these TV shows tied in, but not these. Well, so, actually, not anymore. Like, if you if you hear what they're talking about, their movie and TVs are still separate for Marvel as well. Uh, even though it's in the same universe, well, they're not yeah. really... They're not integra- integrated as well as they, they probably should be, or everybody probably thought they would be. They don't even know. Actually, the guy, what did the guy say? I mean, first, here, I mean, there are all these missed opportunities in Age of Ultron that they could have mm-hmm. tied in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, when yeah. the helicarrier shows up with Fury, I mean, they could have easily thrown some of the cast members of Agents of well, S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, the movie in there guy or, said, uh, Kevin Feige himself said, um, I don't handle the TV. We, we don't have anything to do with the TV stuff. Like, I don't control that. When they asked him about it, like, are you going to have, you know, 
uh, crossover with the TV stuff. And he said, I don't have anything to do with that. That's not what we deal with. I just deal, deal with the movies. So... Well, that's interesting considering, you know, the, the Marvel Netflix shows are supposed to tie in. Right. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. That's saying as well. something. And this yeah. is recent. Like, the, he did, this is a recent uh, conversation, so. Was that before or after he uh, started reporting to, to the head of Disney? Uh, I think it was after it was announced. I don't. Maybe or a little bit before it was announced. I mean, you know, it wasn't just a, it happened just right away. It's probably happened already. No, no, but I mean, I, you know, I think that maybe now that he's reporting to Disney, he might be afforded some, you know, say so. No, but remember, he's the guy that he's not uh, answered to anymore. It's still in charge of the TV. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, he still I, runs the budget and stuff for the TV. They, they I thought he just that. ran the the, the cine- Marvel Cinematics. So he okay. was running both, but now he'll just be handling the TV. Well, it's the TV and the marketing, like right. the toys and uh, right. bed sheets and things like that. Right. I forgot to mention what we were talking about uh, Legends of Tomorrow before. We got our first look at Hawk Girl and Hawkman in costume. Oh yeah. And they don't look that bad. No, no I, I think it looks good. I was kind of worried after. I mean, I remember like seeing a picture of the version from Smallville. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. Yeah, they made the mistake of putting the <laughs> wings on them. <laughs> I think the wings are attached to the suit. I think with this, the wings will be added. You know, that'll be CGI when they fly. When it's right. Necessary. That makes sense. Uh, Stephen Amell wants Ronda Rousey to appear on Arrow. I don't you know, know how this is news, because I would like her to appear so in my house do it. right now. Well, uh, here's the thing, is is <clears> people <throat> said they want her to be Captain Marvel, they want her to appear on Arrow, they want her to appear on this and that and the other. Have mm. we seen her act? She's not, re- <clears throat> not really a strong actor. No, she's not a strong actor. She was I in Expendables 3 for like a minute. Right. See, I didn't even bother. Fast, six, she was in Fast three, Six so. for like a second. And, and it, it was, was mostly fighting actor. Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, she's not a strong actor. She's not. At all. She's really not. Um, but she's what, somewhat familiar with the process. I, I, I'm i just saying, it, it's not... Because I never heard of her till that that fight where the girl lasted, what, 23 seconds or whatever? Mm-hmm. Hell, I know I wouldn't last 23 seconds with her. But, um, you know, it, that's the first I heard of her. And all Why of sudden, is it when you even say that, it sounds nasty? Because he meant it that way. So. <laughs> you totally like, meant it that way. I That's swear, why. it's like you can know the intent no matter what. <laughs> Jim, Jim doesn't have enough to edit this episode. Let's put oh, some more oh, in. Come on, that was Let's funny. Let's put some more in. Come on. Horrible. That was funny. Let's put some more in for Jim to cut out. This is All a right. clean podcast. You can't do that. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was I, I was hoping that it wasn't some, oh, she's a badass fighter all of a sudden, and now we want to put her in everything. You know, but if she has some acting experience, then yeah, she, she is hot. She is. You hot. can use the, her being able to fight. She's good with choreography, so you could use that. You you can have her play any. You could you could have her play anything. She could be a she villain of the week. Yeah. yeah, she could be a villain of the week. She you could, know, he, she would really be good ass because it's not really. It's only it's it's pretty quiet and not a lot of speaking part or whatever. Mercy mm-hmm. Graves. Yeah, she could. She would be awesome, Mercy Graves, because she would totally kick ass. Uh huh. She wouldn't have to say anything. 
quiet. Yeah, exactly. Only, you know, do a couple of words here and there, and that's it. Yeah, yes, Mr. Luthor. Maybe kick somebody's ass. She could beat Ali's behind. He probably loved it, you know, to have a uh, arrow in her fight, whatever, for a minute. Yeah, be cool. See what happens. Um, we also found out uh, that Harrison Wells will return in season two mm-hmm. from another timeline or from another world. So maybe it'll be the Earth Two Harrison Wells, or we have yet to be determined. But that means that Tom Cavanaugh will be back. So that is awesome. Yes. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I just didn't, thought it would be a different. He's a really good actor, and he's a really yeah. good part of the show. And even if it's like you know that that could be a cool way to play it, like you know they still don't trust him, even though he's that Wells has done nothing wrong. Exactly. You know, it's a still... different relationship. Yeah, it would be cool to, to yeah, see it's, that. It's not Eo Barthon in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got a trailer for Arrow for season four. Damian Dark is in effect. Neil yes. Ma- Neil McDonough as Damian Dark. A.K.A. Dum Dum Dugan. Um, he's been a bunch of other stuff too. You recognize the face. Good actor, man. Yeah, very intense oh, yeah. actor. Um, he was, yeah, he's justified. He's been a lot of good stuff. But uh, yeah, he's Damian Dark, and uh, it looks like all hell is breaking loose in Star City. Yeah, he's a good trailer. He, he Star City. The the sign it says Star City, renamed in honor of the passing of Ray Palmer. What? Oh no, not now, Ray. And now comes the time that I really dreaded for this podcast. We have to talk about Diggles. Magneto? Magnegro. Or as in called. the streets, they call it in the streets, they the call streets. it Magnegro. The Magnegro, yes. Yeah. Oh wow. That's what they call him in the streets. In the streets. Man. That's the urban what the urban people call him. <laughs> what is up with that helmet, dude? He's not fooling nobody. If I knew Diggles beforehand, it just reminds me of the Venture Brothers where they'd have those guys with the outlandish helmets, and they would just turn the helmet so they couldn't see. It's like if I knew Diggle, and then he put the thing on and ran in the streets, I would be like, Diggle, why you got that helmet on your head? That stupid helmet. Like, because you still look like Diggle. You just got a stupid helmet on your head. <laughs> you don't like the whole point. Like, well, right? my so buddy much. John brought up maybe we're not seeing it in that picture or whatever. Maybe there's like a, a visor that goes down over it or something. That, that would make not... it worse. That makes it worse. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't know. To look even bigger. It's huge. It is huge, that and it's totally a Magneto helmet, and oh he has no God. peripheral vision in it. None. And there's like nothing. It just looks like a motorcycle helmet with like Ray a. Ray Palmer's helmet was better than yes. that helmet, and that's saying that ain't saying, that saying something. Yeah. Come on. That's I, just, I just don't know that helmet. Listen, I need people to stop dressing us black people crazy like this. <laughs> You know, it's it, got to stop. It's, it's from Steel. It's left over you from don't the, wear the Steel and Neil version of Steel. That's Listen, what we is. do not wear this stuff. We don't wear yellow shirts <laughs> with tiaras. that are open up and with tiaras and chains I'm, on the chains belt. I don't belt. know. Did you see that one black dude in Seattle that was a real life superhero and what he dressed up in? So they can smoke weed in Seattle, can't they? Yep. Well, yeah, now drugs is legal, right? I'm just saying. saying. I'm just saying. You know, they're uh-huh. they're look. Then, all I, look, if you want to talk about 
um, white comic book artists dressing black characters outlandishly, go to Google, put in Tyrock. Yes. T Y R O C. And just hit images. Wow. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to leave that alone now. But that's the final word. But Diggle's helmet, man. I need y'all to stop. Listen, go somewhere and ask people. Get a designer to do it. But y'all need to stop this. See, the sad part is Colleen Atwood does these costumes. And I really like the job she does on the Flash and Arrow because they all look... Like they're of one continuity, and they all look like they'd be useful. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so I bet when they get to the brother, so when you get to Diggle, <laughs> and then like he's supposed to be like either Gangbuster or the Guardian, it seems like. And Is she watching a football game or something? I don't know what's going on with that woman, man? It's just, what you thinking, woman? Is that, is that like leftover from the Ant Man movie or something? I, I don't. Man, I would send her a selfie with the helmet on if I was Diggle, with a face like really. <laughs> that's how you gonna make me go out in the street like that. That's that's how you that's how you wanna play it. That's how you wanna play it. My family laughing. Yeah, let's family give it a chance. Let, let's give it a chance. Maybe it'll be in better yeah, context. Let's it's call it the show. dark helmet now. That ain't cool. I mean, they call it the dark helmet. <laughs> running around, kids are kicking helmet, me in the man. head. They throwing rocks at my head because I got the helmet on. I can't see them. I can't turn around and know where they at. Arrows hit me all over the place. I don't know what's going on. I'm tripping over everything. I can't see anything in front of me. Where God dang it. I mean, damn. Please, stop doing this to us. Two more quick bits of news, and then we're going to close up shop. Uh, Viola yes. Davis has signed on to do three movies with Warner Brothers, not just the one Suicide Squad movie. Do whatever so, you I'm want. Amanda Waller yes. all over the DC Cinematic Universe. Yes. Maybe she'd be like the anti-Nick Fury, you know what I mean? Yes, I would love that. Like having her pop up in the Flash movie or pop up in the Wonder Woman movie, you know? Love it. That would be great. I think it would be great to have her you know, in the background oh, all night. So good at acting. Like leading up to the Justice League movie, you know? Totally. totally. And then, uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned this or not, and if I did, it doesn't matter, because it's worth mentioning again. Uh, Tony Todd has been cast as the voice of Zoom. Damn right. Season 2 of The Flash, and that is awesome. Damn he's right. Awesome you ain't gonna put dude. him in a helmet. No. Not he'll tell you no. See, I'm the Candyman, bitch. Get you don't that put helmet me in off helmet. me. <laughs> Candyman don't wear no helmet. No one puts baby in a helmet. No, no there, one put baby in a helmet. There's one other piece of news to touch on, too. And that is this week we lost a DC comic TV oh, yeah. legend. Yeah. Jack Larson. Uh, died peacefully in his sleep at age 87. You may remember him as a playwright and some other things, but best remembered as Jimmy Olsen in the Adventures of Superman in the 50s. Very true. Love yeah, that. Was he on the radio version of that too? Because I think Jimmy Olsen was a character they originally popped out for the radio show. Maybe. It may have been. I don't know. Uh, it didn't exist in the comics before that. This was the Superman that when I grew up, I liked a lot of. This was the because he wasn't campy. This this Superman was very was very actually, serious. He was this Clark Kent was very um, he was cool. He wasn't he wasn't the nerdy Clark Kent. He was more proactive. Like he would go and investigate crimes. He was like he would get into it. Like he was really not. He didn't play it as the bumbling. You know. Clark but, Kent, I kind of like that. There was plenty of scenes where he kind of plays stupid to things, you know. 
But oh yeah, they do some of that. But it wasn't it wasn't the pushing the glasses up his nose and all that. No, no, that we got from Christopher Reeves, which I like too. I like that too. He would give he would give Lois crap just when Lois would give him crap. He would give Lois crap back. You know, like about stories and stuff. Like he was very he was an investigative reporter, which is what I really liked about. What I I really uh, when I was a kid, I hated that show, and I'll tell you why. Well, I'll tell you why. Because when I was a kid, I was reading Superman comics, and I'm like, "Where the f- is Luthor? Where's Brainiac? Oh, you know, where's where's like Mongol? You know, mm-hmm. where's the Ultra Humanite? You know, how come yeah. every week he's fighting these guys in fedoras? You know, right. <laughs> jumping out windows and stuff. But now, um, um, I think I mentioned before on Saturday nights, my daughter and I usually watch um, Batman '66 and and Wonder Woman on on MeTV on Saturday nights. And they also show the Adventures of Superman on Saturdays as well. Before that, and it's actually, you know, like you said, it's a pretty good show. It's um, there's a lot of give and take. The characters are pretty cool, and like you said, it's not a bumbling Clark Kent. It's just you know a, a regular guy. You know, that's kind of how I, I wish to see more of that. Like when we had the Donner cut, and he was just so. That's what was so weird to me in the movie when I first watched Superman is how um, just how he he was just clumsy and, and whatnot and just so awkward like i don't re- and i remember as a kid watching the the tv show and he was not that you know he was he was not like that he was you know he was quiet at times and subdued but he was not you know like he's portrayed it's it, it just so awkward and out of place amongst humanity yeah, well, I mean, you know, Christopher Reeve definitely put his own stamp on it, but George Reeves is definitely like, for a lot of people, the very first Superman. You know? Yeah, he was my dude, man. And uh, okay. and you know, Jack Larson is Jimmy Olsen. I mean, he was right there. You know, yeah. Through thick and thin, you know, he's very much. Well, and he even reprised the role a couple of, or not the role, but you know, back into the Superman mythos. Because mm-hmm. didn't he appear in Smallville? And then I know he was in that Return of Superman, just small little cameos. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did cameos. Oh, and let me throw out who is going to win. Oh, yeah. Who's the winner? The winner. Contest that never Come on. Is me, let me, the let contest me, is going me. to end. It's Danielle Pennebaker, and I get to give it to her personally. Uh, Joe from SAC. You are the winner of this. Joe from SAC. So, Joe from SAC. Uh, yes. So, what, what you have to do is email me at uh, nothing's on. I'm not. Yeah, email me at nothingsonpodcast at gmail.com. Email me your the picture of your um, your review and uh, your email address so the and the movie or TV show that you want um, you want the thing sent to you want the the movie sent to. And that's it. And thank you everybody that participated. We got what ten a whole yeah. ten. So, like that. Pretty, awesome, the yeah. next contest we're running is win a date with Daryl Taylor. Uh, you're not putting me out there like that. <laughs> unless, there's, unless there's spaghetti involved. Not unless there's spaghetti involved. Chubb, you putting yourself out there like that. You do. There you go. Win a date with yeah. Chubb Toad. Yeah. Oh, but only. Beautiful only Detroit. If... Travel to beautiful Detroit at your own expense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only Felicity, if. The, only if. Jeff. I was gonna say only if the. The one entry that wins is Emily Bet Rickards. So, uh, at the same time now, we we think we podcast long enough that we do it in sync now. Yeah, I know. It's like, (laughs) 
We're, I'm sure we're both shaking our heads in sync, too. You know, we yeah. can't see each other. I know I am. SMH, man. Chubb is the child in this, in this show. And, and, you know, I still don't have restraining orders, so, you know. Hey. He's the chaotic child in the show. It's bad when we have to... Saying that we're the sane ones is kind of... Okay, well, um, if you enjoy Geeky Podcasts, I imagine you do, because you've been listening to this one for about an hour and a half uh, now, then check out all of our other great shows at hhwlod.com, including the Walking Dead TV podcast. Right now we're covering Fear of the Walking Dead, and the Walking Dead itself will be coming back pretty shortly. Uh, we can also get the uh, the Black Box there. You can get uh, Half Hour Wasted there, the Whedonverse, uh, all... All worthy podcasts, all worthy of your time. Check them out at hhwlod.com. And once you've uh, exhausted all those uh, podcasting possibilities there, turn your internet machine on over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Yes, you can go to taylornetworkofpodcasts.com and you can listen to, uh, we have TV podcasts, just like we mentioned, with Nothing's On, to uh, comic podcasts, comic review podcasts, like JK's Happy Hour and... Uh, Double page spread, or we have uh, family friendly like this show used to be, till Chubb just went all crazy on it. <laughs> um, you can just listen to Wayne's World, where there's a uh, artist and family uh, talk about creating comics and, and all of that good stuff. Sweet. Well, uh, until next week, we have another episode of Gotham to talk about, and. Uh... Week after that, when we ha- we're going to have uh, the Flash and Arrow back and I Zombie, they'll be back. Wow, a full slate of DC TV. It's just like la- just like old times. Me too. Yeah, a lot of good shows uh, to look forward to. Um, so until then, we'll join you then uh, uh, next week, and we are Ghost. Good night, everybody. Good night.
respect you feel like an insect well don't you worry buddy cause here he comes through the ghettos and the barrio and the barrio and the slum his shadow is cast wherever he stands stacks of green paper in his red right hand Designed and directed by his red 